This is Tom and Bach, coming at you live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Tom Stevens. I'm not commenting on that until I'm ready to comment on it. Jake Bakoven. You watch the game. You figure it out, huh? What do you think? Tom and Bach starts now. We started at uh, 11 a.m. and we go till 2 a.m. Or not till 2 a.m. Wow, That'd be a long we? show. Oh man! I have done those radio marathons where you do that, and <laughs> oh, you're like goodness. you're just drunk on not having to sleep. I mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, like uh, around the holidays, I've done a few of those where I've been on the radio. You're that just long. playing Christmas music all yeah. the time. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been on that station as well, the <laughs> yes. Christmas music station. Oh man, you get uh, sick of some of the different versions. I mean, there's one version. Uh, and then there's uh, other songs with 20,000 versions. Yeah. So you're hearing the same. I, although I, I, I do like Christmas music. I just don't. I can't do it right at uh, Thanksgiving until Christmas. Oh, you want to wait. I have to wait. Yeah. I have to wait a little longer uh, to do that. Some people are already, uh, you know, just wait until after Halloween, change yeah. over the decorations to Christmas. That's right. It's uh, it's almost Christmas time. Uh, your number one holiday is Halloween. That's Where does right. Christmas rank for you? Uh Probably would be number two. I'm a big Christmas fan. Are you? Yeah, I love the. And you get to play Santa Claus this year. Your kids. I mean, yeah, yeah. Kids. Obviously, that's going to be fun for you. Well, and then I, I, it's the only way I can like like snow for a while. I can I can I can mind. I can I can deal oh. with snow until about January first, and then I'm done with snow. And then there, and then of course the next three months are the worst for snow. Yeah, I don't love snow. Uh, but I, I I don't mind her on Christmas or yeah. you know or the dusting where it comes down and it's just gone yeah that uh, doesn't you don't have to scoop it I hate the snow in the streets when it gets all dirty and gross um, and just stays there for weeks <laughs> so something to look forward to this winter that'll yeah, be great that'll be right around the corner that'll be that'll be, uh, <laughs> that'll be fun uh, uh, Big Ten Blitz is coming up I don't know if uh, you've had time to grab it I should have told you uh, that we need it Nick uh, but we're gonna break down every Big Ten team. Uh, and this game, the games this weekend, and what we think will happen. So let's do it. It is time for the Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. There's Nick. the Big Ten Let it go. Blitz. The Big Ten Blitz. Uh, you've got Illinois at three and six, eleven a.m. on ESPN two, facing Minnesota this weekend. Minnesota with just that bad loss to Bowling Green. It was a horrible loss, but they are a 14.5-point favorite. We mentioned they're down to their fourth-string running back. It doesn't seem to matter. They ran for over 300 yards last weekend, a 41-14 win over Northwestern, and they should pounce hard on Illinois this week, right? Yeah, you would think so. I mean, like, like you said, Illinois, I mean, they've, they've had a, f- a few victories. I think they've done enough uh, for you to feel good about your first season under, under Burt there. But uh, but Minnesota, again, on top of the Big Ten West, it's a game on ESPN 2 at 11. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I think that, that what, we're going to start having our question. We've been asking all year yeah. round, who's the second best team in the Big Ten? I think now you're thinking it's between Wisconsin and Minnesota Big who's Ten the West. best. Big Ten West, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's between those two teams, I think, and we'll have our rankings here momentarily. Number five, Michigan State, 8-0 in the country, 230 game, minus three favorite. It's one of your most intriguing games. In oh, fact, yeah. the top intriguing game for you uh, against Purdue at 5-3. and three. Of course, Purdue beat Nebraska last week, 28-23. Michigan State, 37-33 over Michigan. Yeah, I, I think that – I don't know if we, there's been enough press and all. there's been a lot of talk about – 
you know, the big picture stuff. But man, did George Karloftis impact that game. I mean, that was one of the better performances I've seen in a long time from an opposing defender uh, for Nebraska, against Nebraska, I should say. And I'm interested to see if he can kind of do the same thing uh, uh, against Michigan yep. State. And, you know, that's a home game for Purdue. Like I said, they've already shown that they can beat a top-five team. Uh, and so I, I just am very intrigued by that game. Michigan State obviously coming off that high, you know, maybe – thinking too highly of themselves and, and the Boilermakers could shock the world there I think they could Mel Tucker of course uh, might have a decision to make at the end of the season LSU maybe USC something along those lines yeah. and uh, Kenneth Walker might find himself in New York City uh, and be awarded the Heisman after that 197 yard five touchdown performance against Michigan all for a team predicted preseason to finish last in the Big Ten East don't yep. forget about it we were thought we thought that was the game that you have to win uh, that we pointed to if Nebraska was going to get to six or seven <laughs> wins and now they turn out to be maybe the best team in the East they're certainly top three and by the way who who would have thought because we always talk about these stretches for Nebraska season we spent a lot of offseason uh, talk, talking about it who would have thought Minnesota Purdue would ultimately be the stretch that pretty much <laughs> seems like it might bury Scott uh, Frost. Yeah, it, it, it very well could. I mean, P.J. Fleck, I might have guessed that just because uh, he's had Scott Frost's number, yeah. uh, as a lot of guys in the West and throughout the Big Ten have. Uh, number two, 20, uh, 22nd-ranked Penn State coming off a impressive loss, if you want to say that, 33-24 to Ohio State. Uh, versus Maryland, also with a win, 38-35 to over Indiana. Penn State is a 10-point favorite in that one yeah, on the road. I like that one because Maryland, uh, you know, as a, as a newcomer to the ACC, they were looking for a rival, and Penn State was the closest team, so they kind of tried to make that their rivalry. Yeah. So there's a bit of heat in that game. Um, and Penn State, of course, like you said, looked good against Ohio State. Um, kind of surprised a lot of us. So they didn't fall too no. far in the rankings. But still, you know, I think Maryland maybe is going to be able to play with them. Maryland's seemingly hot and cold a lot yeah. and you know a victory against indiana i don't know what that means because indiana loses close to everybody so yeah. i could see penn state getting some separation against the terrapins myself. i could as well a lot of points 10 of points in that game indiana travels to ann arbor to take on michigan at seven and one michigan 19 and a half point favorite indiana's been close in a lot of games uh almost knocked off maryland maybe maybe they could at least cover yeah, I think they'll cover, and I think that they, I mean, they, they did get shut out by Penn State a few weeks ago, but kept it close against Michigan State, and, uh, and of course, got blown up by Ohio State, too. So yeah. if they're completely overmatched, they might lose. Um, so, I mean, th this could go either way there. I mean, I think yeah. Michigan is a team that could, could kind of overwhelm Indiana. It's interesting, too. How about Tom Allen? Um, Would you hire Tom Allen away if you're another school right now? He had one great year in Indiana. That's really tough to do. Actually, two pretty good years in right. Indiana. And this year, just coming up short, two and six. Um, but, I mean, that might be tough to, to sway your fan base into that yeah. being a hot hire, even though he was basically all the talk coming into the season. He was, uh, and he's beaten Nebraska. Uh, but not a lot of great games in college, in the Big Ten, I should say, uh, this weekend. Iowa at six and two, have lost two straight, been outscored in those games. 51 to 14. They are struggling offensively. As we mentioned, Brian Ferentz, there's a petition to have him removed as offensive coordinator at Iowa. Iowa fans are not fan, uh, not happy with that offense. Petrus was, was sacked six times last week. Uh, three takeaways versus Wisconsin. Uh, what's happened to Iowa? Well, it's just that offense it was, it was inefficient for a long time, and you thought that it might come back and bite them, and it has just turnover city the last couple of weeks. And then on the opposite side of the ball, 
It's it was going to always going to be hard um, to keep that defense up, and and that's kind of one difference between Iowa and Georgia's defense. You know, they were all kind of both of them all the talk early in the season, number one, number two in the rankings. Of course, just a couple weeks ago, Georgia's defense isn't highly. It, it doesn't rely so much on turnovers. Yeah. You know, they just kind of stop you and yeah. put you in the dirt. Iowa, a lot of it's a lot of it was turnover yeah. based, and you can't. It's probably harder to keep up getting four to five turnovers a ball game, five. especially if your offense relies on that enough to get them into field position to win the, you know, yeah. to get to, to cash in on those points. Uh, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's interesting what's going to happen with Brian Ferentz there because these numbers are awful, and you just think they could get a lot more maybe Oof. if a different offense coordinator is in place. But yeah. for Kirk, you have to fire your son. How that's, do you do that? That's pretty funny because yeah. uh, nobody likes Brian Ferentz. And by the way, Iowa, 24 yards rushing against Wisconsin on Saturday. Uh, they can't do anything offensively that's any good. Uh, Wisconsin playing very good uh, uh, football these days. They've won four in a row. They're now 5-3, and three, 230 game against Rutgers, who's 4-4 four and four on uh, BTN. But Wisconsin, they might be the best team in the West right now. Yeah, they probably are. And their defense certainly is, is leading that way. Um, you know, I mean, they, they've been... They've been pretty impressive, uh, I, I guess more than impressive. I, I don't have the stat right in front of me. Of it. Uh, maybe I can try to pull it up here because uh, I, I saw a stat that they had that was just it, – it was it – was, I was just impressed by it. So let's see if I can find it here. Uh, yeah, this, this one. Uh, during the Badgers' current four-game winning streak, uh, the defense is limited to po- uh, opponents to an average of 54 rushing yards per game, 180 yards per game total in yeah. four straight games. And they've prevented those teams from scoring on 41 of the 45 possessions. So uh, good luck uh, to our guy, yeah. uh, Noah Vedral, out there. I don't um, think it's going to be pretty this Saturday. Uh, well, and I think a big key is they've just not allowed Graham Mertz to hurt them. Yes. He's not throwing very often. He threw 21 times this past weekend. He had two rushing touchdowns. I think he had a throwing touchdown. But the game before that, he against Iowa, he threw eight times. Uh, or, or previous to Iowa, he threw eight times. So... I mean, he, he's been limited in what they're allowing him to do, and Wisconsin starting to remember who they were. Uh, so here's my rankings. Number 14, Northwestern. They are 1-4, 3-5 in the league. They do have Iowa at home this week. Number 13, Indiana, 0-5 in the league. They're 2-6 and six overall. They're at Michigan. I wouldn't be surprised if they cover the 19-and-a-half. Nebraska at number 12 in my list, 1-5 in the league, 3-6 and six overall. Versus Ohio State right now, that's a 16-point spread. Nebraska usually covers, so you might bet Nebraska <laughs> to cover on that one. Uh, number 11, Illinois, 2-4, and 3-6 and six overall. They are at Minnesota. They're hard to figure out these days. A nine-overtime win against Penn State, and then they lose to Rutgers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 24 or 20 to 14 this past weekend. Uh, let's see. Number 10, I do have Rutgers. They are 1-4 in the league and 4-4 four and four overall. Uh, they do host Wisconsin this week, but they don't have enough offense to dent Wisconsin's defense. Number 8, Maryland, 2-3, 5-3 and three, and three 
overall. They have Penn State. It'll be interesting to see what Mike Loxley can do at home versus Penn State this week. Number eight, I've got Purdue at three and two, five and three overall uh, on the season. They have Michigan State. You mentioned it's your most intriguing game. I would put that in that category for me as well. Number 22, Penn State. Uh, is at Maryland coming off that impressive loss to Ohio State, 33-24. to Number six, I've got uh, Iowa, 19th in the country. Uh, they're 3-2 and two and 6-2 and two overall. This will be a big get-back-on-track game at Northwestern this week for Iowa. Number five, got Wisconsin, 3-2 and two in the league, 5-3 and three overall. They're at Rutgers. I think they're the best team in the West, as we've said before, but I don't have them ranked that way. It's weird Hmm. um, because I want to see what happens when they do play Minnesota, who I do have number four at four and one because they're six and two. They really should be uh, seven and one overall. I mean, Bowling Green, that's just a terrible loss. But they're not playing uh, like uh, the second best. They're playing like the second best team in the West or maybe the first best team. When they play Wisconsin uh, and they play Iowa, they play those two teams. It's going to be very interesting. Number three, I've got Michigan at four and one, seven and one overall. They uh, are at, or they host Indiana, I should say, uh, number nine in the country. Didn't fall too far after that loss to Michigan State. Number two, Michigan State, number five in the country, five and zero, oh, eight and zero oh overall, at Purdue this weekend. And uh, number number one, I've got Ohio State at five and zero, oh, seven and one in the league, playing, of course, at Nebraska this weekend any big disagreements on the list no not too many disagreements i think that that's a probably a pretty solid way of of ranking it's just sad to see nebraska down there at 12 but you've got to put them behind the illinois i mean the teams that they lose to uh i mean you just gotta put them above i mean illinois is 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 hard i mean maybe they're the enigma if i can borrow the word of the weekend of the past weekend um because you know they i I think most times you put them on the field they're not going to beat nebraska they're not going to beat penn state but they did it so you got to put them higher in the rankings uh they just don't look beautiful doing it under the first uh year head coach brett bielema but i think it will it's a good start and i think that that's a it was a great hire that will eventually pay dividends for the illini uh, but it might take a few years to build up but in the meantime if they can get a few wins even though they don't look pretty it's hard to deny them yeah, the only the only one I really had problems uh, really ranking Minnesota and Wisconsin. I, yes, I, Wisconsin at five, Minnesota at four. They'll, well, they'll solve that problem down the road, um, but I, I I just don't know. Um, Minnesota's offense is better than Wisconsin's offense. Wisconsin's off Wisconsin's defense is probably uh, significantly better oh, yeah. than Minnesota's defense. So that's where when they play, it'll be fun. But it's interesting too because that Bowling Green loss not only prevents them from being in the top 25 right now but pretend you know yeah. it could be i mean they could be real contenders for the playoffs right now yeah. if they didn't have that loss right. their only loss would be to ohio state yeah and of course they'd have to you know have some business yeah. to do to get really into that discussion but they'd be borderline top 10 but they'd be mad about it because it might miss their opportunity to go to the rose bowl right <laughs> uh that's what all big tens minnesota iowa wisconsin oh yeah. man uh, we're in the playoff uh, we, now we, we're gonna miss the rose bowl that, <laughs> but we always want to go to the rose bowl <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh about the big 10 i hope nebraska well i, I hope they have the decision you know play off a rose yes. bowl uh, i'd prob- take the rose bowl at this point <laughs> <laughs> that's right i would take the rose bowl in a heartbeat uh, that conversation though always makes me laugh um where are you what are you thinking what are you thinking today How's your life going? 
box. Oh, not too bad. I I, I think my life's going well. I think I, I'm start I'm starting to to get more comfortable into this very uncomfortable spot that we're in yeah. uh, with the coaching staff, and I, and we get some response on the text line. I think most people have kind of settled into where we are, but there's some people that just think no matter what happens, Scott Frost will be back, yeah. uh, and that we should focus on the game ahead. And I think we will start to kind of dive in and focus on the Ohio State game as the week progresses, but. You know, I I just I just find it fascinating. You know, like you said, the the spread is at sixteen or whatever. I just think I I, I don't expect a blowout. No. I expect a close game. I expect um, I expect the same thing we see every week. Our hearts ripped out because right. of a big mistake at the end against Ohio State. And Ohio State certainly has the athletes to to make it more of a game than that, or you know, more of a yeah. blowout than that. But um, I'm just fascinated by the game altogether. Uh, and again, the big noon kickoff is a plot twist at the end yeah. for me because the whole nation's eyes are going to be upon this game, and uh, it's it's just a huge opportunity. And again, I just am, I'm fascinated by the ch- the fact that a lot of people have just written Scott Frost off, and then right after right after that happens, he can get the program changing win and, and change yeah. the narrative. It's it's all out in front of them, despite all the the negativity that's going to be around Lincoln right now. If they go three and zero, you know, then you can check off a lot of what we've been waiting for. Turn the corner, they're signature victory, Wisconsin, they're going, Iowa. They're not going three and zero. I know they're not going three and zero, but in that locker room, you've got to you've got to look at what's left and yeah. say, you know what, we can still do this. We've been close, and 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 we finally need to find whatever it is that yeah. can get us to turn that corner and get those victories, um, because. You know, it, it. I know that. I know you could say they're not going three and zero. I they're know. I know that it's it's a it's very unlikely. But we've seen we've seen more surprising things in college football before. Well, uh, just get to five, uh, as we've said uh, for the last five weeks. <laughs> not going three and zero, but it two does, and one can it, happen. I mean, it. I, they're not going three and zero. The only thing that Scott Frost can sell is more progress in that we were really close. I mean, it, we were really close. And maybe you – I'm not saying that they can't beat Ohio State. I'm, I'm saying they can't go 3-0. and I don't think they can go 3-0. and But we'll talk if they beat Ohio State on Saturday. Uh, but that's the thing that Scott Frost will have to sell as far as progress is concerned. Hey, we almost beat Ohio State. Then we did beat Wisconsin, and we beat Iowa to finish the season. That's progress. That's something you can sell to your head guy and maybe even – to uh, you know, a significant portion of the fan base, I'll be a little more excited if that happens. Uh, I won't be happy with it, and I probably—I don't even know if I—if I were making the decision, if I would bring back the head coach. But again, it's not about what Tom and Bach think, or anybody on the text line, or throughout Husker Nation, unless you have a lot of money and you can actually influence who would be the next coach or the current coach. But Frost did have that statement that I hope we're—I hope it's us. I hope we're here next year. Uh, so, but he did say wins, plural. Yeah. Uh, within that, you know, two or three sentences of that sentence, like he understands that it's going to be hard to sell to anyone if they don't win at least a couple of games. And I don't know what the discussions have been between uh, Trev Alberts and Scott Frost, but it has to be. I mean, we got to win. You know, you, I mean, if hey, buddy, I love you. We got to win. We got to win something that we can sell in the off season. I mean, we, we know, you know, speaking of sell, uh, that the sellout streak is probably coming to an end. Maybe maybe this week against Ohio State. Uh, one of the least attended games the last few years uh, years was a couple of years ago at, you know, versus Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, that Mike Riley game was really bad. Uh, but there have been a couple of games where people just didn't have any enthusiasm to see Nebraska get their head kicked in. Um, 
I don't think they will this week, but, I mean, the sellout streak, despite the red carpet experience and other things they're doing, is in real jeopardy, whether you care or not. Um, maybe you knew it was inevitable, but it, it's a real deal. Well, and it's not specifically the sellout streak to me. I know that's huge for Nebraska, and for me, it, it's huge for me. I always take that as a big pride in the fan base, but I do take a little uh, a, a bit of, of anger against something that you did say is that it's not up to us. No. And ultimately it is up to Trev, but it is up to us as a school of fish um, as far as that pe- uh, type of power. Collectively, because fans it's up to collectively us. can walk out of the stadium well, like they did against Purdue yep. and change the narrative. And if you see that and happen they, today they against did Ohio that. State, You're right. that will change the narrative again, and it forces your hand because it tells you, I don't know how we're going to get these um, guys to Ireland. I don't know how we're going to continue the sellout streak. More important than the sellout streak, I don't know how we're going to sell tickets, you know, because at um, a certain point the streak is what it is, but you need to keep the enthusiasm in the fan base. So, um, you know, I always, I always say that, you know, because sometimes people want to take away um, the power from the fans the fans collectively have a power it might not just be you yeah. but if, if if people walk out collectively that's what that's why we're we're talking yeah. the way we are this week so yep. you do have power and don't let tom yeah. stevens tell you you don't oh wow that was good that was good <laughs> stuff there from bach bringing it uh, by the way you can continue the sellout streak as we show showed last week just buy one and then you get one uh, free <laughs> there you go have, uh, they, have they done that this week uh, you've never heard it maybe, yet. maybe get a hot dog as well yeah uh fairberry maybe you get a shoot the Ravener Slinger. <laughs> I, hey, I think everybody That might start, keep the sellout yeah. street going. There you go. One of my favorite things with the Ravener Slinger and my buddy Mark Rude from Fairberry Brand, they used to, their family owned it at one time. He would let me fire the Ravener Slinger. Uh, you did it. And I got to fire one. I was on the sidelines with Mark. Fired it right over Memorial Stadium. I was aiming for somebody <laughs> in the top, top deck. But it, somebody outside the stadium actually probably ended up eating that hot dog. Or by the time that landed, that thing was obliterated. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been that, that, that. Or Bird got it. Yeah. Uh, but I got it. That's my story. I got to shoot the Dervinia Slinger. We were at uh, the Embassy Suites where they do the tailgate parties. Uh, and he let me shoot the Dervinia Slinger at the clock. And we had a big crowd saying, hit the clock, hit the clock. That thing's fun. Did you hit it? Uh, I missed it. I missed oh, it by yeah, a mile. Yeah. But I mean, it was the first time. On, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, just, uh, so there you go. That thing packs a lot of power, though. If you yeah. if you stood like yeah. five feet in front of it yeah. and got hit yeah. by that, that hurt. What I'm just saying is that, you know, buy one, get one was good. But if you could shoot the Davriner Slinger yeah. as well. Uh, at the game, I, I bet you'd sell out. I bet so, yeah. Uh, so let's get to break. We've got to talk to uh, BC, Brian Christofferson of Husker 24-7. Some of these same conversations that we've been having all day uh, we'll have with Brian and maybe some Husker hoops talk because right. that's his beat this year. So that'll be fun. Brian Christofferson, Husker 24-7, coming up next on Tom and Bach. Download our app by searching 93.7, a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. This is Tom and Bach. 